Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradium. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and generational prosperity. I believe that there are families and businesses that have learned to give a new definition to the word success from a kingdom perspective. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 20 to 30 minutes where we take traditional thinking and turn it upside down. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Redefining Success. Joining me today is Charles Reed, President and CEO of Get Payroll, a Marine Corps veteran and author of the book, The Payroll Book. And I think we're going to have a good time and a good visit today. I can already tell because, Charles, I had a time to go spend some time on your YouTube channel and your Star Wars video had me cracking up. So anyone who can put out a Star Wars, can tie Star Wars payroll and tax together is a great interview. So I just want to thank you for being here. The voice of Darth Vader. You were? I was the Darth Vader voice. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I didn't have a chance to watch the other videos, but it looks like you've got some pretty, you've got a pretty creative team that works on your behalf there. So my videographer and he is very talented that's great that's great Charles my first question is always it's a it's a beautiful Saturday afternoon we're hanging out in my backyard I've got the burgers and hot dogs on the grill I'd love for you to introduce yourself to my friends here who are in my audience hey guys I'm Charles (laughs) Uh, a little bit of background I'm a midwestern boy I grew up in Iowa Uh, Finished high school at 16, wasn't ready for college. Uh, A few months later, joined the Marine Corps, spent four years, Mm. uh, two years overseas, uh, combat tour in Vietnam, Uh, came back to Kansas City where I was stationed when I came back, met my wife, Ruth, married her. She had five kids when I married her. Mm. I claim insanity, but we were married for 45 years before she passed. Oh, Good marriage. Yeah. Not perfect, but it was a good marriage. Yeah. Anybody who tells you you've got a perfect marriage lies about other things. <laughs> uh, realized business didn't value my military experience then as now. They just don't understand what military brings to the table in mm. terms of experience and discipline and, and, and mission and so on. So I figured I'd have to go get my credentials. Went and got my degrees, BBA, MBA. Sat for and passed my CPA exam while I was still in college, in wow. grad school. Went to work for Texas Instruments. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. They're an engineering company. They don't value accountants either. So spent 15 years in the corporate world. Okay. Finally realized I was never going to run a major corporation. Didn't have the political skills. Mm. Unwilling to stab people in the back and toss them off the ladder. <laughs> so if I was going to run a business, I'd have to start my own like my father did. Yeah. So... Over 30 years ago, Ruth and I started our own business, mobile accounting service and practice with a payroll built in. 
About 10 years ago, I sold off the accounting portion of my partner who I'd taken mm -hmm. on over the years. And now I just have a payroll company, payroll and payroll related services for small and medium sized businesses around the country. Having a great time. So uh, if, uh, if any of you fr friends, Varick need payroll, you know, give me a holler. Here, let me <laughs> give you my card. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's what we're here for. Um, tell me what, it, what are you passionate about? About helping my clients. Uh, the, the IRS is a huge monolith. And <laughs> contrary to popular belief, the IRS makes millions of mistakes every year, mm. all the time. Uh, it's 100,000 people, all civil servants, no profit motive, no customer service motive. Mm. You know, they're, they're not bad people. Yeah. For the most part, they're, 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 well, they're all mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters. They're, they're nice people. They have a civil service job. Uh, they work hard at it for the most part. Uh, they're reasonably nice people but they're not motivated the same way we are in business mm. and they make mistakes and they're not motivated to correct them because you can't go to some other tax service to pay your taxes, mm. <laughs> right? They don't have any competition. Yeah. Okay. So if you're going to be in business or you're going to make an income or you're going to make a living in this country, you got to deal with the IRS. It's like the old Lily Tomlin uh, routine. Uh, we're the only phone company in town and don't you ever forget it. <laughs> <clears throat> so we're huge on compliance. Mm. We make sure our, our clients stay in compliance, but when the IRS screws up or occasionally when our clients screw up, we get to fix it. And we're really, really good at it. Uh, I've spent 30, more than 30 years doing this. It's the reason I became a U.S. tax court practitioner, mm. which allows me to represent my clients in tax court, even though I'm not an attorney. Uh, there's only a few hundred of us in the country. It's a rather difficult process, but it was worth it. Uh, so I can solve problems for my clients that my competitors can't or won't. Mm. Uh, I'm a CPA, so I take a Form 2848, limited power of attorney, which allows me to advocate for my clients directly with the service. Right. Now, I, I tell my clients, don't talk to the IRS. Let, let me talk to them because you'll get emotionally involved and yeah. you'll say things and you'll yell at them and so on. This got brought home to me hugely last year in the middle of COVID. The IRS screwed up on my taxes. Hmm. So being the expert, I called up the RO, the revenue officer, and was explaining to him how they'd screwed up. And he wasn't having any of it. <laughs> and I found my voice getting louder and uh, I starting to yell at him over the phone because he's being a real butt about the whole thing. Yeah. In the back of my mind, I'm going, Charles, don't do this. It's not helping. Yeah. And yeah. I, I told him what he was doing wrong and explained to him what the IRS manual said and what he had to do and he said, no, he wasn't going to do it. And I pissed him off. And then he went further and took some additional steps that he should not under any circumstances have done, but he did them. Mm -hmm. So it took me about three weeks to get a hold of his boss because of COVID. Nobody's in the office. And his boss said, no, 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 no that, none of that should have happened. We'll take care of it. And it all went away. But it really brought home, don't talk to the IRS. Let the <laughs> professional do it. Because... When it's not my money, I don't get emotionally involved. Right. Okay, so uh, th that's th that was that was a 
a real eye-opener in, in some of my own uh, shortcomings. <laughs> Absolutely. I get it. I get it. I can imagine. I mean, coming out of the military, you then you worked for Texas Instruments, but then you and your wife decide to start your own. Did you start out with a pay, was it a payroll CPA company that you started in the beginning? It was a mobile accounting, it was a mobile accounting firm. I I left Pennies and gone to work. I was looking for a job and my attorney, because I had a contract dispute with Pennies, knew the people over at Financial Express. They needed a COO. Okay. So I went over there and the board was after the company to sell off the original office. So I bought it. It was a franchise. Okay. Uh, a year later, the franchisor went belly up and we just changed the name and kept going. Sure. But it was a mobile accounting service with payroll built in. Mm. So that's what got me in my real expo- big exposure to payroll. Obviously, having been in business, I'd been around payroll and made payroll and worked with payroll service bureaus in the past. And so uh, did a lot of tax, a lot of accounting. And that got boring after, you know, 20 years. So I decided to just stick with the payroll and sold off the rest of it, but it, it was a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. What, what were maybe some of the hardest lessons you learned? Maybe it, maybe it was in the early years or maybe kind of along the way that you're like, you started headed in one direction with your business or you're doing some things. It's like, Oop, that we, that's not a good idea. Let's try something else. Well, we did, we had a number of those things that we thought we could do this and it didn't work out in marketing. I, I, I realized here a few years ago, I can't market my way out of a paper bag when I finally hired a marketing manager. So I made some missteps then. And then, <coughs> excuse me, uh, there were a lot of technological changes, mm. fax machines, emails, uh, all these things that we, we, we started out as a mobile service within a few years, we got rid of the mobile because technology had just made it no longer necessary. Yeah. Uh, Cause you could get all the information electronically. So that was a major change in how we did business. And frankly, ended up selling the vans that we had for for the mobile service, which was a real component to start with. Uh, Moving from being a franchisee to just a sole uh, operator was a whole different operation too. Um, Whole new mindset, nobody to help you. You're kind of on your own. Uh, Obviously, you know, you think you're an entrepreneur, you're going to get to have a lot of freedom and, and be able to do a lot of things and so on. Well, I was on a panel here a couple of years ago and they asked me about work-life balance for an entrepreneur and I cracked up. I just started laughing. I said, for a new entrepreneur, there is no such thing as work-life balance. It's work, period. Yeah. yeah. You know, 80, 90 hours a week, just live with it. At some point in time, maybe you'll get a vacation. It took about 10 years for me, mm. but uh, <coughs> excuse me, I'm, I just, I'm still getting over my, my COVID. Oh, uh, came down with it a couple of weeks ago. Oh. So yeah, there's a lot of changes and then a lot of adaptation. When we moved into the internet, we were early in the internet uh, for payroll. That was a major change. We're, mm. we're national. Yeah. Um, most of our 4,000 competitors are local mm. uh, in all the various areas of the country. There's, only a, a double handful of national firms. We're one of the smallest of them, but we're a national firm. We've got clients in 47, 48 states currently. Yep. Uh, so we got into that early. Uh, we, we were the first green payroll. Mm. That was a thing back in the 90s. And we figured out how to do it as a, as a green payroll and, and save the trees. Mm. Uh, we always try to innovate. 
for instance, last week we, had, we announced we're the first payroll service bureau <coughs> in the country to offer crypto payroll for mm. our clients and their employees where they can get part of their pay as Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a Bitcoin savings ar- arrangement set up through a bank and other people. And so they can actually get paid in Bitcoin. Wow. We like to do those kind of things. We like to yeah. be cutting edge. Yeah. So, but <clears throat> also one of the big things that really changed me was I was having trouble with the firm, with employees, with a lot of things. And a good friend of mine gave me a book, uh, The E-Myth Revisited mm. by Michael Gerber. Yeah. And it taught me how to work on my business, not in my business. Yes, Because I was ready to fire everybody and, and be a sole entrepreneur and take it back to the game room. Yeah, And that book saved my business and allowed me to continue to grow. And it does to this day. I buy it by the dozen and give it out to clients literally who need it. Yeah. Uh, that was a major, major step in my life is learning not to be an entrepreneur, but to be a business owner. Mm. Okay. I don't, I don't need to buy myself a job. I need to work on the business and make it successful. My biggest job as CEO is not to do the work. Now I still do some of the very uh, complex tax work and employment tax and legal work because that's my expertise. <clears throat> they don't let me do payrolls anymore. <laughs> I got a staff for that. And they're much better at it than I am by, 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 me. by all means. My job is to make their life easy and efficient. Yeah. The more efficient they are, uh, the more money we make. Sure. Uh, the easier it is, the more efficient they are. So my job is to make their job easy. And uh, they, they appreciate that. And, it, and my clients appreciate it. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a good life. That's fantastic. Uh, one of the things that you said, and I think I saw in one of your interviews, I'd love to explore just a little bit, is this idea, you know, you you were a veteran coming out and trying to find a place. And you were saying that kind of the, the workplace, not really valuing as much the things that you learned in the military. What are some of the most valuable things that you've learned that not only you've kind of brought into your business when you look to hire veterans or bring them in, but you also encourage other business owners to look at the value of our valuable veterans that are out there? The Marine Corps teaches leadership, and I've boiled it down, and there's lots of ways to to find, but in in the Marine Corps, it's mission, men, self. Mm. Mission comes first. You have a mission, you accomplish it, whatever it takes. Our mission in our business now is to deliver payroll. Uh, 100% accurately, 100% on time, every time, every time, every time, every time. Hmm. Our clients appreciate that. So mission is first. You do whatever it takes. You bend over backwards. You work late. You work early. You work weekend. You do whatever it takes to to accomplish that. Then you take care of your men. Make sure that they're happy, they're fed, they're warm, uh, whatever. This, This was brought home to me. Uh, by a young lieutenant. I was in guerrilla warfare school in Northern Okinawa. And we'd been out in the field. It's a couple of week course. We'd been out there about a week, hadn't had a hot meal. Finally got a hot meal delivered out to us. Uh, the lieutenant made sure that every one of us got fed before he got his tray of food. Mm. So he took care of his men, then he took care of himself. I have seen a number of businesses over the years 
ruined by ego. Mm. I had one boss who about once a year would take us all outside and point out the fact that it was his name on the building. Actually, it was his father's name. He inherited the business. And if we didn't like that, we didn't need to come back in. Now, that was really motivating. Yeah, I bet. Okay. Yeah. His, his ego got in the way. It destroyed his business. Uh, I left finally, and uh, less than six months later, he was bankrupt. Wow. It was all ego. He, he let it destroy uh, his own business because it was just, he thought he was better than the rest of us, mm. and he wasn't. Mm. And so <clears throat> I've always wanted to write the book, Park Your Ego at the Door, mm. um, because I, this destroys businesses. You can't be that way. So the military teaches you. Let your ego get in the way of your men or your mission. It's it's it has to be subordinated. Yeah, uh, pure and simple. So if mission men self works in business, works in the military. You know, you take care of your clients first. Make sure they're happy. Then take care of your people. Then whatever's left over. So you know, if you've got a short paycheck, you short your own. Yeah. If somebody has to work late, particularly in the beginning, it's you. Uh, those are the things you do and, and you don't, you hire the best people you can always mm. and you give them the tools and the authority and the responsibility uh, and hold them to it uh, and, and train them. Um, but, you know, if you think you're better than everybody you hire, <laughs> you're stupid. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, why do you and, and go back to, I don't remember exactly where it is because it's been a while since I've read Gerber's book, but I mean, the entire idea is to learn to get people to do the things you shouldn't be doing. So, you know, if you can't think of them more valuable than yourself, then you've missed the point of getting out of your own business, getting out of your own way, you know? I mean, you, you, you start as an entrepreneur, a sole entrepreneur, you wear all the hats. Yeah. You obviously want to move those off to people who can wear them better than you do. Right. You know, it's not important to be the smartest person in the room. The trick is to hire the smartest person in the room, okay? Hire people who are better at things than you are. Yes. Stop yourself with expertise. Yes. Michael, my, my videographer, I can't do what he does. Yeah. Anash, who's my marketing manager. When I hired my first marketing manager, I learned within two weeks that I really couldn't market my way out of a paper bag. <laughs> okay, that was my one of my biggest mistakes is not hiring that person a lot sooner in yeah. the business because I thought I could do it. Well, I couldn't, <laughs> not effectively. So that was, that was my ego talking and I should have listened to my own, <laughs> my own verbiage. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of things. Now I, I will say this, the military also has some things that you don't want to carry over. Hmm. Military is extremely hierarchical. Everybody is either subordinate or superior. Everybody, hmm. everybody, Marine Corps, 200,000 people. I knew exactly who was superior to me and who was subordinate to me. Mm. And if I gave somebody subordinate to me an order, they were to obey it, whether they liked it or not. That does not translate well to business. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thankfully, my wife was a real people person and she broke me of a lot of that uh, mm. early on. Uh, and you, you can't treat your kids that way either. Right. Uh, and, you know, my father tended to, he was a Navy officer. So uh, I had to unlearn a lot of things about uh, hierarchical arrangements. 
Uh, and my wife was a wonderful teacher. She was a people person. Everybody loved Ruth. Even people she didn't care for thought she was their best friend. Yeah. Uh, the biggest question she got in her life was why did she marry a schmuck like me? But, <laughs> you know, it worked for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Charles, let me add, so how long did how long did you and your wife do business together? Uh, we started in 91 uh, and she died in 15. Okay. So she worked <clears> in the, the business seven, the whole time. Uh, she worked with me heavily for about six or eight years, then moved off to build the house and some other things. But, you know, the kids were already grown and out of the house. So it was, it was business. Yeah. Uh, you know, she was my, my best advisor and my, my sounding board and was always part of the business was up here on a regular basis until she had her first stroke. Mm. Uh, and even then she'd come up in her wheelchair. So she was always part of the business. With that said, I want to I want to ask you about this because again the name of this podcast is redefining success. So one of the things that I find that a lot of business owners try to do is they try to compartmentalize their life. So my marriage sits over here, and my business sits over here, and my spirituality sits over here, my faith sits over here. Rather than what I found for a lot of business owners is it's really not compartmentalization; it's integration. I would love for you to share maybe just a few lessons that you and Ruth learned together, and maybe probably some humility she taught you. Um, as she's teaching you the people side of running this business. Well, she, she, she was my HR. She vetted mm. uh, the people for hiring and only once did I go against her. Mm. And I regretted because the, the person was a thief. Uh, Ruth said, don't hire her. And I did. And I regretted it. So I never did that again. Yeah. But one of the things, one of the funny things is working with your wife because You know, when they say happy wife, happy life, you know, uh, and, you know, man who say master known house also lie about other things. <laughs> so, you know, it was yes, dear. And I love my wife and went along with a lot of things. But when it came to business, I was the professional. She wasn't. She uh, had made her career in the uh, <coughs> food service industry. So when it came accounting to tax, it was all foreign to her. Mm. So, I had to make decisions and I had to say, no, it has to be this way. Well, so we had to separate out our marriage and our work relationships. Mm. And one of the problems with was we'd go home and obviously it was still business and we'd have dinner, we'd get ready for bed, we'd get into bed and she'd have one more thing to get off her chest one more problem she wanted to, to, to talk about. And she'd tell me about it. And she'd roll over and go to sleep because she didn't have to worry about it anymore. And I'd sit there until two or three in the morning, oh, worrying no. about, you know, thinking, well, what do I do? How do I have, you know? And so we finally came to an agreement after dinner. Yeah. For some very late dinners occasionally. Sure. But we, we, we held to that pretty much because other than that, I didn't get any sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, what, um, tell me about the, what led to the book? So you get the book, the payroll oh. book. What, what led you to write the book? There's nothing out there. I get questions all the time and I have to 
send things to clients and show them how to work and quote the law and explain things. And the only similar thing out there is the payroll source from the APA, American Payroll Association, and it's like 600 bucks. Hmm. Uh, they're very proud of it. It's really designed to train people to become certified payroll processors, the designation in the payroll industry. So I said, hey, why don't I write up a book? It'll, it'll be a, you know, something I can hand out. It, it'll give me a simple publicity. Two years. <laughs> yes. Very hard work. It was far more complex than I thought. <laughs> I was very lucky. A publicity company that I work with, who's also a client of mine, mm. uh, knew the people at Wiley and called her contacts at Wiley. And Wiley picked it up. And uh, he's obviously one of the, the big publishing houses in the country. And the help they provided made it a much, much better book than it would have been because they provided design, they provided editing, uh, layout. Uh, you know, they, they, they said it would be so much for the index. And I said, oh, I can do that. I'll get some software and do it. <clears throat> After three days, I called them and said, hey, can you still do the index? And they said, sure. I said, please. <laughs> and, and so the index is just, I, I look at the index, I go, wow, that's fabulous. Yeah, I couldn't have done that. And I couldn't have. So it turned out to be a much, much better work. Now, do I make less money because of that? Sure. Yeah. The book was never about money. The book was about producing something that it's my business card. Mm. I hand it out all the time. Uh, in fact, I'll offer all your listeners a free copy oh, if they'd like. You. Yeah. Uh, if they'll go to the payrollbook.com, enter the discount code podcast and their information, as long as supply lasts, I will ship them a free book. No oh, shipping, no handling, no nothing. Fantastic. For your listeners, discount Thanks. code podcast, thepayrollbook.com. Okay. So, but I, it's for my clients. I, I, I have an electronic version. I clip and send things all the time to people. Well, what about this? What about that? I say, okay. And uh, I go on Quora and I, I, I answer questions and I literally clip out a piece of the book and post it. <laughs> <laughs> I have all that. I have all that info. It's yeah. 30 years of wisdom distilled down to 80, 95,000 words. Wow. So wow. it, it was, it was, it was a lot of work and uh, very proud of it. I, I, I bet it's a very useful book. Uh, and also one, one side note for it. If you have insomnia, it's a cure. <laughs> if you can't sleep, get a copy of the book. You can't sleep, pick it up, flip to any page, start reading. We'll put you to sleep. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, what is, what are maybe a couple of things that people, small businesses who are trying to maybe do their own payroll or even they've got a payroll service. What are, what are the top maybe two or three mistakes that you see people making or that they don't, the, the things that they don't realize? I, you know, here's the better question. They don't, most people don't know what they don't know. What's the they don't know about payroll, about finding the right payroll service? Well, first of all, for us, it's compliance. I mean, most of our competitors do a reasonably good job of preparing a paycheck. Yeah. But when there's a problem, you're screwed. Yeah. But as a small business person, as a new business person, particularly, people think, well, I can just pay them as a contractor. Hmm. 
No, there's a whole body of law about that, and you don't get to choose, and neither do they. If they say, well, just, just pay me as an independent contractor, send me a 1099, they don't get to make that choice, mm. and, and neither do you. And there's a whole body of law, and there's a big chapter in the book on it and so on, uh, that you have to be very careful about that because 70% of U.S. businesses misclassify workers either as independent contractors versus employees or subject to overtime or not subject to overtime. That's straight from the Labor Department. 70%, more than 70% of companies do that. And doing it wrong can be very, very expensive. Uh, the IRS is not known for saying, oh, okay, you did it wrong, just fix it. And, you know, no, there's penalties and interest and nasty grams, and they'll put you out of business, they'll come lock your door and all kinds of things. So they're not somebody to screw with uh, indiscriminately. Yeah. Now, they, they said they make lots of mistakes. Let me give you, let me give all your viewers a, a tip. Yeah. IRS cannot penalize you for a simple mistake. Hmm. It's written in the law. They can't do that. It has to be gross negligence. Now, the problem is negligence is nowhere defined. So it's up to the IRS to determine whether it's gross negligence or not. Mm. Guess what? To the IRS, there are no simple mistakes. It's yeah. all gross negligence. But if you've made a simple mistake, they can't penalize you. Now, you have to, you have to bitch and you have to fight for it. And right. you may spend, I, I've spent as long as nine years fighting a penalty. And one. So you you always object to it. You ask for an abatement. You appeal. You appeal. You appeal. You appeal. You appeal. It's almost interminable the levels you can appeal it to, <clears throat> all the way up to and including in some cases tax court or U.S. District Court. And if it's big enough, <clears throat> do it. Hmm. Now I will say this: <clears throat> if it's ten dollars, just pay it. It's not worth writing the letter. Discretion is the better part of valor. Just pay it and move <laughs> on. Frankly, we get some of these for our clients, $7, $10, $8. We just write the check ourselves. Yeah. It's not no. worth writing the letter or explaining to the client why we're not going to write the letter. Yep. It's just cheaper for us to just say, send the $7 of the service and forget about it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Charles, if there's, is there anything that we did not get to talk about that you wanted to make sure you were able to share with my audience today? No. Success. Success for myself has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, it was monetary, obviously. You know, I, I thought I'd make a lot of money. Well, I've done okay. That's not success. Success is not monetary. Success mm. is not making money. Success is being hopefully happy, but at least content in mm. your life. And I've learned that though we're still growing, growth is not the end all be all. Uh, I enjoy coming to work. I'm 72 now. Uh, I enjoy coming to work every day. Uh, I enjoy my staff. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy my clients. It's, it's fun. Uh, you know, my staff wonders, you know, Charles, when are you going to retire? And I tell them, one of these days, you're going to come in and find me dead at my desk. I've retired. Okay. 
you know, what, what my, my wife passed, what am I going to do? Sit home. I spent a week on COVID quarantine. My God, that was boring sitting at home for a week. Okay. So no, uh, I enjoy what I do. You know, you find a job you, you, you love and you never work a day in your life. Yeah. I've been at this for 30 years. I'm very, very good at it. Uh, and I learn more every day. And that's, that's part of the part of success is to continue to learn and getting better at it. Mm. Uh, so success gets redefined over your life. And it's not monetary. Monetary is just a, you know, being rich doesn't make you happy. Mm. It does solve the problems of being poor, but sure. it doesn't make you happy. Right. So, you know, if you can find something you like to do, jump at it, enjoy mm. it. Uh, I have a great time doing what I'm doing. And could I make more money other ways? Probably. But could I have as much fun? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. You said one question I want to, I do want to ask you define. So with this lesson that you're learning, define what you've kind of found contentment to be. What does that mean? People working for me. Clients. I enjoy what I do. I enjoy the, 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 the fight internal revenue service in the States. I enjoy that. Okay. Cause it's not, personal. When it's personal, I get upset, but it's, it's a game. It's like playing high stakes poker with somebody else's money. And I enjoy it very much. It allows me to be competitive, to fight with uh, a a monolithic operation Mm. like the IRS and win on a regular basis. And that's fun. Yeah. So I, I make a nice living. I've got surrounded by nice people, no jerks. I don't hire jerks. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, uh, comes from Berkshire Hathaway. I don't hire jerks. I hire nice people. So what more can you ask for? You're surrounded by nice people. You're doing something you enjoy. You get to get your competitive juices flowing periodically. Uh, you make clients happy, uh, and you make money. (laughs) Lord, (laughs) you know, other than having my wife back, can't get much can't get much better than that. That's a pretty good life. I miss That's, her terribly, of course. It sounds like it. Yeah, I can only imagine. And I'm sorry, but I can only imagine. Um, so I, I, I've told you this was coming. I'm, I'm intrigued by your answer. So in three generations, what do you hope your great-grandchildren remember about you? I don't expect them to remember me at all. Really? Okay. Marcus Aurelius. Soon you will die and you will be carried to the graveyard. And shortly thereafter, the people who carried you will be buried as well. Hmm. You live a good life. Uh, you're, you're upstanding. You're morally correct. You help people. Uh, you live the best life you can. And afterwards, it's up to God. Hmm. Not worried about a legacy that doesn't, I, I don't care. It's a time, but I don't care anymore. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. What matters is that I live the best possible life I can. And if I'm remembered in the past, in the future, fine. If I'm not, fine. It doesn't matter. Mm, that's powerful. That's powerful. Charles, so to get the, tell me, tell my audience again, to get a copy of the book, where do they go? Theparallbook.com. Okay. 
enter the discount code podcast, the information, and as long as the supply lasts, I'll ship a free book. Fantastic. And then you need to go on YouTube to get payroll. Look their channel up. I'm sure you answer a lot of questions there, but I, I had a good time just uh, just watch, looking around. It was a lot there, of fun. There's a lot of educational videos as well, but there's a bunch of fun ones. Please subscribe to the channel. There you go, right? <laughs> subscribe and hit the bell so you get notifications yeah. when Charles uploads. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, thank you so much for being on. If anyone wanted to kind of follow what you're doing, is YouTube kind of the best way to do that? What's the best way to kind of stay in touch with what Charles Reed is doing? Well, if they will just email us, we'll add them to our mailing list and we'll we'll drop them an email several times a month about changes in the payroll industry and the new videos we do and the payroll news <coughs> and our blog and everything else. So just uh, drop me an email, CJR at Get Payroll, and we'll add you to the list and we'll market to you forever. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here. It was so good to get to kind of tell your story and introduce you to the audience. I hope everyone will go and get a free copy of the book, um, at, at least to cure your insomnia. But I think we all could probably use some payroll wisdom. Um, so Charles, thank you so much for being here. Everyone, thank you so much. I'll be back again next week. God bless you. Have a fantastic day. Eric L. Dunavit here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunavit.com dot com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media. And we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you, all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360.com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.